Hello and welcome to the Proud to be Dapper podcast. Hello, Mr. Sai here. Welcome to another Dapper podcast. I'm so happy to have Mrs. Sheehan with me today, at a two metre distance, of course. How are you, Mrs. Sheehan? I'm very well, thank you. It's lovely to see you after such a long time. Oh, it's lovely to see you too. What sorts of things have you been up to during lockdown? Well, working, of course, taking the dog for lots of walks and sorting out the garden. Excellent. It sounds like you've been keeping really busy. Yes, very busy. Okay, let's get straight on into our first segment. And that's the story from Mrs. Bates. Enjoy. Hello, uh, it's Mrs. Bates again. I thought I would uh, read another story to you. This one is called The Fairy Tale Hairdresser and the Little Mermaid. Kitty Lacey was the best hairdresser in all the land. Every day her salon was filled with customers waiting to have their hair done. Their whiskers dyed and their manes permed. Sometimes customers came to her and sometimes she went to them. Once a month Kitty visited her friend Coral, the Little Mermaid. Coral lived in a beautiful castle deep at the bottom of the ocean. Kitty loved learning about the underwater world. There were so many wonderful things to see. In return, Coral liked Kitty to tell her all about the human world. She swam to the surface as often as she could. The little mermaid had a beautiful voice and she loved to sit on the rocks and sing. But one day, Kitty found her singing a sad song. What's wrong? asked Kitty. Oh, Kitty, Coral cried. I wish I could be human like you. It looks like so much fun and there's someone special I'd really like to meet. The mermaid looked down. But what do you think if he saw of my tail? I think he would love you just the way you are. Kitty gave her friend a hug. Coral smiled and began to sing a happy song. But inside she was full of doubt. The little mermaid's magical voice drifted across the crowded beach. Prince Marino, the royal diving instructor, looked up from giving a diving lesson. What was that beautiful sound? But the water was so busy that the prince couldn't see the mermaid. Kitty waved goodbye to Coral as the mermaid disappeared beneath the sea. Then she cycled back to the salon, still humming Coral's beautiful song. Meanwhile, there was someone else who just couldn't stop thinking about the magical music he had heard. Prince Marino searched desperately for the owner of the beautiful voice, but she was nowhere to be found. Time passed, and then one day the little mermaid walked into the salon. Kitty stared in amazement. Coral, she cried, you've got legs, but what happened? But Coral couldn't speak to answer her. As quickly as she could, Kitty found some paper and the little mermaid began to write down her story. I wanted so much to be human like you and play with everyone on the shore. I longed to meet the prince, but I was worried he wouldn't like my tail. As each day went by, I grew more and more unhappy. I'd heard about the sea witch. People said her magic was very powerful. I swam to her cave and begged her to make me human. She promised to swap my tail for a pair of legs and she gave me a magic shampoo. The sea witch told me to pour the shampoo on my head. When I did, my tail started to change into a pair of legs, but it was a trick. The shampoo made my voice disappear as well. Then I saw the sea witch holding a bright green bottle labelled Essence of Coral. Oh, Kitty, the witch has stolen part of me. Now I can't sing and I miss my tail so much. I want to be a mermaid again. I want to be me. 
Coral burst into tears. Kitty gave her a hug. Don't worry, love, she said. We'll find that bottle and get your voice and your lovely tail back. Kitty grabbed some diving gear and they set off at once. Kitty and Coral swam deep under the ocean, all the way to the cave of the sea witch. They sneaked inside and hunted and searched until they found the bright green bottle. Essence of Coral, cried Kitty. Here it is. But before Kitty could take the bottle, she heard an evil cackle. It was a sea witch. Now I've caught you, she cried, and shot a spell from her wand. A magical net appeared, trapping Kitty and Coral. What a prize to catch. The little mermaid and that famous Kitty Lacey as well, laughed the witch. You'll never escape, and you'll have to give me a makeover every day. Coral looked at Kitty in despair. Don't worry, Kitty whispered. I have a plan. Kitty waited and waited until the witch wasn't looking. Then she sneakily took out her scissors. Quickly, she cut a hole in the side of the net and the friend slipped out. Coral threw the net over the sea witch and Kitty plaited it together again. No, screamed the sea witch. You stay there, said Kitty, and think about what you've done. Then she grabbed the bright green bottle and her friends quickly made their escape. Back in the salon, Kitty poured the liquid from the bottle onto her friend's hair. As soon as the potion touched her head, Coral's legs disappeared and her tail grew back and she found that she could speak again. Oh, thank you, Kitty, she cried. I miss my tail so much. Then Kitty gave Coral a magical mermaid makeover. It took some time, but at last they found the perfect look. The little mermaid loved her new hairstyle. Kitty ran her a bath in the garden fountain. Coral splashed her tail and sang a happy song. Everyone in town stopped to listen to the magical music. But who was singing? Prince Marino joined the crowd following the voice of Kitty Salon's door. Come in, everyone, Kitty said. The singing, the singer is over here. She led the crowd to the salon garden. Oh, said Prince Marino when he saw the mermaid. Hello, said Coral shyly. I love your tail, said the prince. Shall we go swimming together sometime? Coral grinned and nodded. Please, could you sing again? asked Mr Gingerbread Man. Your voice is beautiful. So the little mermaid started to sing. The prince and the little mermaid fell in love and they lived happily ever after. Sometimes in Coral's underwater castle and sometimes in the prince's palace. But what about Coral's singing? Well, Coral quickly became the most famous singer in all of Fairyland. She loved to sing for her many friends, and whenever she wanted to change her style, she didn't go to the Sea Witch. She went straight to Kitty Lacey, the best hairdresser in all the land. Well, I really hope that you enjoyed that story. Uh, take care. Bye. Well, what a lovely story that was. What did you think, Mrs Sheehan? It was great. I wonder how many characters from different stories our listeners spotted. Oh, that's a great question. Right, next up, we have some interesting facts about volcanoes. Hello, Mrs Sheridan here. And today I'm going to give you some facts about um, the, one of the most awe-inspiring, intriguing features of our planet volcanoes. Okay, so here we go, number one. Did you know 
that, put simply, a volcano is just an opening in the Earth's surface. Usually found in a mountain, the opening allows gas, hot magma and ash to escape from beneath the Earth's crust. Number two. The word volcano comes from the Roman name Vulcan. But who was Vulcan? You might ask. He was the Roman god of fire. Number three. Volcanoes are often found at meeting points of tectonic plates. These tectonic plates are pieces of the Earth's surface that fit together just like one of your jigsaw puzzles. Number four. Approximately 350 million people live within danger range of an active volcano. This means that around one in 20 people live in an area at risk of volcanic activity. Number five, volcanoes have three different categories. They are either active volcanoes, dormant volcanoes or extinct volcanoes. This refers to the amount of volcano, volcanic activity. So if a volcano is active, that means there's regular activity coming out of it. A dormant volcano means there's been recent activity, but the volcano is currently quiet. And an extinct volcano means it's been so long since the last eruption that it's unlikely to ever erupt again. Number six, did you know that volcanoes can be a variety of shapes? They come in different shapes and sizes, but there are two main types. Composite volcanoes, which are cone-shaped with steep slopes. And then there are shield volcanoes, which are wide with gentle slopes. Fact number seven. Magma and lava, which are two words you might have heard connected to volcanoes, are two different things. Magma is the name given to hot liquid rock inside a volcano. But then once it leaves the volcano, it's known as lava. Number eight. The world's largest active volcano is Moana Loa in Hawaii. Standing a whopping 4,169 metres tall, this giant last erupted in 1984. And number 10. Volcanoes don't just exist on Earth. Other planets and moons have volcanoes too. The largest volcano in our solar system is Olympus Moines, found on Mars. So, 
Hope you enjoyed those facts. Here are three questions. Let's see if you can remember the answer to them from the facts I've given to you. Number one, where is the world's largest active volcano found? Number two, the Roman god Vulcan was the god of what? And number three, which planet has the largest volcano on it? Okay, the answer to number one was it's found in Hawaii. Number two, the Roman god Vulcan was the god of fire. And number three, which planet has the largest volcano? And that's Mars, and it's called Olympus Moines. Thank you. Okay, keep safe. Hope to see you soon. Bye. Wow, some very interesting facts there from Mrs Sheridan. Have you ever seen a volcano for yourself, Mrs Sheehan? Yes, I've actually walked up a volcano in Sicily. You may have heard of it, Mr Sai. It's called Mount Etna. What about you? I have seen one. Um, I saw one in Iceland when I visited in 2017, but it's quite a tricky name. I'll have a go. It's called Ayavulkajökull. Oh, 10 out of 10 for pronunciation, Mr Sai. Now we're going to hear a recipe from Mrs Collar. I believe she's going to tell us how to make nachos. Sounds good. Hello everyone. Are you enjoying the sunshine? I'm absolutely loving it. One of the favorite dishes, my favorite dishes I've been making um, in the afternoons, kind of like a little snack, are nachos. Have you had nachos when you've been to a Mexican restaurant? Well, nachos are very simple and easy to make at home. And they're a dish that's made using tortilla crisps and then different toppings, including cheese. So I'm going to record a recipe, the recipe I use for making nachos at home. If your grown-ups are going to the shops, uh, you will need to add the following ingredients to their shopping list so they can get them for you. The first thing you'll need is a large bag of tortilla crisps, a jar of ready-made salsa, a large tub of sour cream or creme fraiche, some cheese, you can use cheddar cheese. I like to use a mixture of cheddar cheese and mozzarella cheese together. You'll also need some fresh spring onions. So the list again, a large bag of tortilla crisps, a jar of ready-made salsa, a large tub of sour cream or creme fraiche. They taste exactly the same. Some cheese cheddar cheese, or cheddar cheese and mozzarella, and a bunch of spring onion. Right, so that's all you need. Pretty easy. So to get started, you will need to make sure that the cheese that you have bought is grated. It all needs to be grated because we will be sprinkling it in our dish. 
So if you know how to grate your cheese, you need to do that before we actually start um, cooking. Also, you need to have the spring onions finely chopped. All right, so you need to chop them up, slice them up. Don't forget to give them a good wash first. I'll give them a good wash first. And have a look if there are any bits that don't look very nice. Just take them off, peel them off, throw them away. And you want to slice up those fresh spring onions. If you're slicing up the spring onions, be careful not to touch your nose or your eyes with your fingers. They're not as burny as proper onions, but they can sting. Right. So once you've grated all your cheese and you've sliced your spring onions, you're ready to get the dish. What you need is a medium-sized dish. It needs to have sides because we're going to be making layers with the nachos. And um, so you, it, it can't be really flat like a baking tray. It needs to be a dish. And what you need to do is grease the bottom of the dish. You can use a little bit of butter if you'd like to or oil and just spread it around with your fingers. Make sure you get in the corners and the sides as well. If you have any baking paper at home, you could ask your grown-up to help you cut it to size so that it fits in the bottom of the dish. And then this will stop your nachos from sticking to the bottom. If you don't have baking paper, don't worry. It's not essential. So once your dish is ready and is greased, we're ready to start making our nachos. Step one. The first thing you need to do is take a third of the crisps and spread them around in the bottom of the dish. We're going to be making three layers in our nachos. So all your ingredients you need to think about having in, in thirds. So spread a layer of tortilla crisps in the bottom of the dish. Now take a spoon and your salsa and spoon about a third of the salsa all over that layer. Don't worry, it doesn't have to be spread out perfectly. You kind of just want dollops, round little balls of salsa all over that layer. Next, you're going to do the same thing with the sour cream or the creme fraiche. So take a clean spoon and dollop, I like that word dollop, dollop some sour cream or creme fraiche all over that layer tortilla crisps as well. Now you can sprinkle some cheese on this layer. I like to keep my cheese relatively thin so I don't use too much in my layers. That way I've got enough to put loads on the top but that's just my personal preference. You might want to keep the cheese even between layers. Don't forget the cheese must be grated. And now sprinkle some spring onions on that layer as well. The more spring onions you use, the more um, tasty it'll be. But if you think your family might not like spring onions too much, then don't put too many on. Now we're just going to repeat that. So back to the beginning. So take your tortilla crisps and make a new layer on top of that in the dish. Again, make sure it's evenly spread out. Now you're going to take your jar of salsa and you're going to dollop some more salsa all over those tortilla crisps. Once you've done that, you're going to take your creme fraiche or your sour cream, whichever one you bought, 
and you're going to dollop that all around the layer as well. Now you're going to take a nice handful of grated cheese and sprinkle that all over this layer. Remember, you can just use cheddar cheese, but you can mix that with a bit of mozzarella as well. The mozzarella just kind of makes it more gooey. It's the kind of cheese that we use on pizza. And again, sprinkle some sliced spring onions on this layer. Right, I bet it's looking good already. So now we're going to make our final layer. If you want to, if you haven't already, but if you want to, this is a good time to turn your oven on to 180 degrees Celsius if it's a fan oven. If it's not a fan oven, you can go to 200 degrees Celsius. Ask your grown-ups for some help. Your grown-ups know how best your oven works, so they, they might tell you to put it on a different setting. We really are just using the oven to melt the cheese and heat up the nachos, so it doesn't have to be cooked. So there's no, your, your grown-ups will know what setting to put the oven on. I do mine. Mine is a fan-assisted oven, and I do mine on 180 degrees Celsius. So now my oven's on, I'm going to do my final layer. This is great because I get to use up all the ingredients that are left over, so there's no wasting. So I'm going to pour all the rest of those tortilla crisps into the dish and spread them out evenly. Now I'm going to really work hard to scrape and scoop all the salsa out of that jar and dollop it all over the final layer of tortilla crisps. I'm going to do the same thing with the sour cream or the creme fraiche. I'm going to make sure I scrape as much as possible out of the tub and spread it all around, dollop it all around. Now I'm going to use up all the leftover cheese. If you have too much cheese, don't use it all. You can always put cheese in a container or in a bag and pop it in the fridge and use it for something else. So if you think, oh, I've actually got way too much cheese, don't use it all. Cheesy nachos are lovely, but too much cheese and you might feel sick. So just make sure that top layer is nicely covered with cheese. And finally, your spring onions, a really good sprinkle of spring onions. It just gives it that extra tasty flavor. If you'd like to, you can season your nachos, this final layer, with a little bit of salt and pepper. I don't, but your grown-ups might want you to. Ask them first. I find that the spring onions give enough flavor to my nachos. Right, while you're still waiting for the oven to heat up, now's a good time to pack up and tidy away all your leftover bits that you don't need and wash up. So throw away the empty tortilla crisp packet, rinse out your salsa jar, and don't forget that's recyclable, pop it in recycling. Your, your tub that the sour cream or cream fresh came in might be recyclable too, so have a little look on the side. If it is, rinse it out and pop it in recycling. If it isn't, you'll have to put it in your bin. If there are any spring onions left over, ask your grown-up. They might want to put them in a tub and put them in the fridge and use them for something else. They're delicious in a salad. 
And finally, any spoons you've used or chopping boards or the grater, you can wash those up now. And wipe the cupboards down, wipe the work surfaces down. So as soon as everything's clean and tidy, you should just have your delicious container, your delicious dish of nachos ready to be cooked. Now, you don't have to cook them straight away. If your family's not ready to eat, you could just leave them in the fridge and cook them later. They are best nice and hot out the oven. You can eat them when they're cold, but they're not as nice. The tortilla crisps tend to get a bit soggy. So when you're ready, ask your grown-up to help. You need to put it on a middle shelf in the oven. They only need to go in the oven for about 10 minutes. It's just to get the cheese all melted all over the crisps. Your grown-up can check to see if they're ready. I, I think only 10 minutes is probably all you'll need. But if you're not sure, ask your grown-up to have a little look and they'll be able to tell you whether you need it to go longer or shorter. As soon as the cheese is gooey and all melted, it might be starting to bubble a little bit, that means your nachos are ready. The dish will be extremely hot, so ask your grown-up to switch the oven off for you. Make sure the oven's off, open the door and take the nachos out and put them somewhere where they can cool down just for a minute or two. Now, once the nachos have been standing for a couple of minutes, you're ready to start eating. You can eat straight out the dish if you'd like to, but the dish, don't forget, will be hot for ages. You could ask your grown-up to help spoon or scoop out a portion of nachos for each person on a plate to be safer. They're delicious eating just like that, but if you'd like to, you can add anything else you'd like to to your nachos. I know people who add bits of bacon, people who add chicken, people who add olives. I like my nachos just the way they are. But you could be a little bit more creative if you'd like to. Enjoy. And don't forget to help tidy up afterwards. All right. Bye-bye. That sounds really delicious. I fancy some nachos now. Oh, me too. Right, next up we have some poems from Mr Stepney and Miss Chisholm. Enjoy! Hi everyone, it's Mr Stepney here. Did you know, earlier Mr Reatham uh, asked me if I wanted to play hide and seek. I said, grow up Mr Reatham, you'll never catch me playing that game. So I thought, instead... I'd uh, read some poetry. Now, this week, I'm reading poems that haven't been written by me. These poems have been written by a famous poet called Benjamin Zephaniah. Uh, the first one is called Who's Who, and it goes like this. I used to think nurses were women. I used to think police were men. I used to think poets were boring until I became one of them. And here's the second poem. It's about uh, a footballer. Uh, he doesn't play anymore. His name was Trevor Sinclair. Uh, and Benjamin's poem is called Clever Trevor. Oh no, bless my soul. Clever Trevor scored a goal. So he runs up the pitch and wriggles his body. 
He gets kissed by ten men, all sweaty and snotty. He's waving his fist to the queen who just stares. The lad's going crazy, but everyone cheers. Now what you doing? He's chewing the cud. Now what you doing? He's rolling in the mud. Now he is crying. I think he's in pain. Now what's he doing? He's smiling again. Oh no, bless my soul. Clever Trevor scored a goal. He's doing gymnastics. He's doing some mime. He's kissing the ground for a very long time. He's now on his back with his feet in the air. He's gone all religious and stopped for a prayer. Did he pray for the sick? Did he pray for the poor? No, he prayed for the ball and he prayed to score. No one but no one can restart the game until Trevor has had his moment of fame. Oh no, bless my soul. Clever Trevor scored a goal. He kicked the ball into the net. How much money will he get? Hello all, it's Miss Chisholm back again. Um, hope you all had a lovely half term, managed to get out into the sunshine, I hope, um, tried new things. Anyway, I'm back again to read another poem, uh, another Dirty Beast poem by Roald Dahl, and this time I have chosen to read The Lion, so enjoy. The lion just adores to eat a lot of red and tender meat. And if you ask the lion what is the most is much the tenderest of the lot, he will not say a roast of lamb or curried beef or devilled ham or crispy pork or corned beef hash or sausages or mutton mash. Then could it be a big plump hen? He answers no. Well, what is it then? Oh, lion dear, could I not make you happy with a lovely steak? Could I entice you from your lair with rabbit pie or roasted hare? The lion smiled and shook his head. He came up very close and said, The meat that I am about to chew is neither steak nor chops. It's you. Oh, I do love poetry. Thank you for those. Right, now it's time for Riddle of the Week. Last week I asked you, what can go up a chimney down, but can't come down a chimney up? Did you get the answer? It was an umbrella. That's right. You can move an umbrella up a chimney if the umbrella is down. But if the umbrella is up, it can't come back down the chimney. I hope you got that one right. Right, my new riddle for this week is this one here. You can see me in water, but I never get wet. What am I? Good luck, and I will reveal the answer next week. I think I know the answer to that one. I do enjoy your riddles each week, Mr. Sai. Oh, thank you, Mrs. Sheehan. I'm glad you're enjoying them. Now, get your pen and paper ready. It's time for our quiz with Miss Sport and Miss Lamb. I'm ready. This week's theme is all about London. So we're going to get started. There's going to be six questions. Grab your pen and pence paper if you need one. And we'll get started now. Question one. What is Big Ben? Is it A, a clock? B, a tower? Or C, a bell. 
question two. In 1666, what major disaster happened in London? Question number three. True or false? The London Eye is the world's largest ferris wheel. Question four. Which river flows through London? Question five. How many rooms does Buckingham Palace have? Does it have 775 rooms, 56 rooms, or 362 rooms? And question six, true or false? London Zoo was the first zoo in the world. Okay, and here's our bonus question about one of our members of staff. Whose favourite London attraction is something called the Whispering Gallery in St Paul's? Is it Mrs Gilbert's, Mrs Baldwin's or Mrs Smith's? It's me, Mrs Gilbert. The Whispering Gallery in St Paul's, you can stand at one side, whisper very quietly, and the people on the other side will hear you. If you haven't been, it's worth a visit. I think I'd definitely like to visit there. I've never been before, Not and right. I only heard about it today. Okay, are you ready for the answers, Miss Ford? I'm ready. Okay, question number one. Big Ben is actually the bell. So the bell that chimes every hour is called Big Ben, not the clock. Uh, question two, in 1666, it was the Great Fire of London. Question three, it is true. The London Eye is the world's largest Ferris wheel. Question four, it's the River Thames that flows through London. Question five, Buckingham Palace has an amazing 775 rooms. And question six was true. London Zoo was the first zoo in the world. Okay, and that's it for our quiz today. We hope you all enjoyed it. Um, we certainly enjoyed doing it. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Another great quiz, ladies. Indeed. Well, that brings us to the end of our podcast. I've really enjoyed presenting with you this week, Mr Sheehan. Yes, it's been great to catch up with you. See you next time, everyone. Bye.